Hey there and welcome back to Real Estate Renovators, the show designed to help real estate agents navigate through the proverbial shitstorm and come out the other side. My name's Jason Cunningham and let me tell you, I'm pretty pumped about today's episode. But before I introduce our guest, let me introduce our fellow rockstar co-hosts. To my right, you know him as the Persian princess, we know him as Rex Afrasiabi, the legal eagle. Big Rex, how are you, pal? I'm very well, mate. Yourself? Good to see you, Rex. Always a pleasure. I need to shake the hand that hard. Uh, <laughs> to my left, those of us that know her, we know her as Kmart. No, we don't. <laughs> Mum didn't call me Kmart for a reason, Jason. Chanel Mackesee, the greatest recruiter this country's ever seen. Hey, Chanel. What an intro. Hey, Jace, how are you? Very good, Chanel. How are you? Good. Very good as well. We're excited. Your birthday's coming up soon. I know. That's hey. what we're talking about on set. Now, talking about birthdays, how could we forget our man in the sky? We thought the COVID laws had allowed him to come back down and see us, but they haven't. He's been locked back in Bris Vegas. Peter Quiller, how are you, Pete? I'm really good. Thanks, Jace, for the intro. Mate, happy birthday to you. Can I share oh, with our listeners? You. I know you don't want me to tell them that you're 50, but yeah, big. Can't believe it. Don't feel 50. Don't, don't want to be 50. Don't look 50 either. Oh. Don't look 50. Seriously, the bloke's three years older than me looks 13 years younger. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Pete, you're looking good, and we'll have that chat a little bit later on. Now, let me introduce our guest for today. This woman, when I talk about rock stars, and in property management in particular, Rex, and you know this is better than most, this woman is a guru. Um, I've been following her career for the best part of 20 years, and her name... 26 is, years. Well, how long do you know how long I've been following her career for? <laughs> well, she might have been in business 26 years. I didn't care about the first six years, did I? I just got interested in year six. <laughs> okay. uh, and her name, and thanks for interrupting me, Rex, that's one of your gifts, is Melanie Dennis. Hey, Mel. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been um, a pleasure to be here and really excited for the show. Well, thank you. Now, Rex, you know a bit more about Melanie than I do. She, I know she's a rock star. PM guru, but uh, there's a few awards in the cabinet. She's won every award you could think of under the property management sphere. She's won real estate, uh, property management of the year for REIV, the Real Estate Institute of Victoria, property management of the year for Victoria. She's also been part of the chapter for property management in REIV as well, the Real Estate Institute of Victoria. So you've done everything you could think of in property management and won all the awards. Yeah, so. look, it's been a pretty exciting year, uh, 26 plus years, I think, if I am going to show my age. Yeah. Um, um, and property management. You started at one, didn't you? <laughs> I, was, I was pretty, pretty close. I was pretty close. Um, my kids certainly did with the business starting with my five-month-old. But yeah. um, if he ever gets into real estate, he can certainly say he's been doing it his whole life. That's for sure. But it has been an amazing, amazing career, and it certainly, you know, got many years to go. So um, a career that never stops and is forever changing, particularly with all the COVID mm. stuff that we've been through last year. That has been, uh, you know, a, an absolute whirlwind. So it. Um, yeah, it's been good. So Melanie, before we talk about all your accolades and the rock star that you are, what, one of the things that really intrigues me is how you started your business. Now, according to Chanel, you, you started the business on your lounge room floor, is that right? Yeah, well, I had a desk. <laughs> I did have a desk, but um, yeah, I had um, four properties and, and two of them were my own and two of them were a client's. Oh, that's outstanding. Um, and, and Steve's still my client today, mm. looking after his properties, which is which is pretty special. Every time I get a, an email or a call, he calls himself number one. So yeah. oh. it's um, it's pretty special to be still looking after a client from, you know, that, that we've been through so much together for 21 years. Yeah. He essentially kick-started the business, um, rang me and said, you know, he just wants me to look after his property. and. Jackson was five months old at the time and I was on maternity leave and it was, you know, well, let's give it a go. 
Can I ask, Mel, so you obviously started this this business on, on your lounge room floor. How did it all start? What made you decide, I'm going to open up a, a property management business? Where did the idea come from and what sort of brought it to life? Yeah, well, look, I have never really <clears throat> run by a set of goals or plans or, you know, no matter what people say, you know, you fail to plan and, you know, you fail to move forward. That's what our whole show's been about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I didn't plan it. It wasn't something that I had thought about. When I first got into real estate, I just loved it. And yeah. I just needed to learn as much as I possibly could. Um, I started obviously doing the agents rep, mm -hmm. thought that was fantastic, got put on a traineeship with the Real Estate Institute and was one of the first intakes of their traineeship program back then. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after that, thought I need to learn more. So I studied my full license. And so I just had my full license from very early on. Yeah. So when I was approached to look after somebody's properties, I wasn't ready to go back into the workplace. Jackson's now was turning 21 this year. Um, back then it wasn't a thing where you could work from home and yeah. have children and, and do those sort of things and particularly property management. So it was just then, oh, well, I can give this a go. So I jumped on the internet back then with my dial up. <laughs> yeah. if everyone remembers that. That's and out. you couldn't pick up the phone either because you picked up the phone yeah. and the internet cut out. <laughs> I, I managed to be able to, you know, design my own logo and business cards and did wow. all of that myself. And, you know, we were producing statements on Excel spreadsheets and running the whole business through that, not mm. through any sort of software programs mm. back then. I think I started with a, a software program when I got my 12th property. Um, wow. So it just kind of went from that. Bit by bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, just having, a bit, being a, a mum and, and having my baby with me at Open for Inspections mm. and, you know, he just kind of went everywhere that I did. People appreciated what I was trying to do yeah. and a little bit more personalised service. And so it just grew from referral really yeah. quickly from that. Wow. Hmm. I'm just still caught up in the whole dial-up internet and Chanel on Instagram. That'd be just like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Chanel knows what dial-up internet is, but. <laughs> I remember, it would have been like 12 or 13, I remember I, my sister would try to get on the phone, I'd be on MSN chat and then it would cut out and then we'd punch on and mum would be there. <laughs> mum would have to split us up, I'd be great. It's just, I just all, I've got PTSD actually. It's just, <laughs> you know, I've that now. <laughs> Melanie, you've gone from being at home and how did that grow? Like how is it having your first employee, how is it having an office, how was it, like the journey? Can yeah, you well we started in my lounge room and then we moved house and I upgraded to a, my own bedroom. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm moving um, office. So, <laughs> and then from there I got kicked out and we, we converted the garage. So you know, these steps yeah. and then from the garage we went into an office and, mm. and from there we've changed offices a few times. Mm. Um, now we're looking after around 700 properties wow. and, and have a, a, a good sized team. So it's certainly grown from, you know, starting with your first in employee being part-time and, and How was your in? first employee? How was it delegating to someone that, you know, it's, you know, you're very high performance, so to, to let go and have someone work yeah, for you, how it's was difficult. that? And also just the whole relationship between employer and employee, because when there is only one or two, you're, you're much more on a friend basis mm. as well. So it's really important to, mm. you know, I mean, all of your team that work with you, mm. you want them to be friends. You want them to be yeah. everyone to like each other and, and get on well together. But there's also that line that- it has to have that, a that, that, Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Where you are running a business and you do want everything to be done the way that essentially you want it to be done mm. and, and as a property manager you know we're control mm. freaks so um, <laughs> I certainly never say that I'm not. <laughs> you, know, you know one thing I find really cool Melanie and and this area of PM is an area that Pete's a real expert in and I'll, I want to jump to Pete 
uh, in a minute because he and I were speaking off air before about it. But what I find really intriguing in life is that often when we're faced with adversity, and I'm not saying it's adversity, but you had a five-month-old son, mm. right? Uh, and you're going to opens, nursing your kid, breastfeeding in the front room, doing all that sort of stuff, and you're thinking, shit, how am I going to do this? But then all of a sudden, when you own that adversity and make it, mm. for want of a better term, your point of difference, mm. it's a pretty cool story, you know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and your clients potentially, you know, the, vend- uh, the, the landlords would potentially say, look what this woman is prepared to do, mm-hmm. right? And I've often gone on record, I haven't given birth, I don't know if you can tell, but I've, I've been party. <laughs> I thought you are in pretty good shape. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I've been, I've been party to three kids being born. Um, and, uh, and what I know is this, if you can raise a child, then you can pretty much do anything. Yeah, well, look, I'm not sure I've done that particularly well. You'd have to ask my kids. They're yeah. still alive, so yeah, it's that. a bonus. <laughs> are, they, uh, are they living in a house? Or they <laughs> no, no, they're, all, yeah, they're under roofs, so yeah, it's all good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I, I think it's amazing how mm. you've taken that challenge of being a, a, a mum on mat leave, um, you know, with Jackson to now where you are today with mm. 700 properties. Mm. I, I think it's outstanding. And a couple more kids in between. So, um, you know, we decided to have a second and how hard could that be? Nah. Um, <laughs> Done it once before. Uh, exactly. Hey, well, and, and, go. And, yeah. and look, Ella's gorgeous, but yeah. for the first six months, she did not stop crying. So yeah. it didn't really make it that easy. Nah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, Mummy's just... trying to run a business, honey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just do what you have to do, yeah. essentially, to get the job done. There's no point going, oh, this is too hard and, and giving up on something. Something when when it's your passion when it when it drives you you know the mm. business is another one of my children essentially yeah. it, it is everything that happens in it mm. whether it's good or bad is personal to me yeah. mm. um, you know a, a, a landlord could decide to change management so it's not personal it's just business to me it is personal yeah mm. um, you've got to try and separate that out from a professional level but anything that happens is is very personal because it is my business and my baby and you know everybody who's involved in it is is extremely special to me no matter what you know and, uh, is I, happening I, 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 I can really relate with that because we built a business my partner and my business partner and I not my life partner my <laughs> business partner and I built a business based on passion mm. and be, and based on our personality and, and and developing relationships. And so you can say, yeah, it's just business, but if your business, if your USP is based on that, um, it's pretty hard to have that difference, Mm, isn't it? It is. Pete, in your experience, I mean, I know you've worked with all sorts of property management businesses. In your experience, what are the key traits that make a a PM business a strong, healthy, vibrant? You like that word vibrant, Pete? It's very much like your skin at the moment, Hanson. A vibrant (laughs) type business. Um, I think if you're looking at Melanie's business from outside in, you know, I, I checked out Melanie's website before, you know, when we worked out we were going to interview Melanie. And it was really interesting to, you know, be a customer and in customers' eyes. And, and you talk about your nurturing sort of, you know, background. Um, I, when I went to your website, you have a very different approach to the market, more like that you want to educate and give people knowledge. And that to me was just so refreshing rather than just talking about yourself. How did you come up with that strategy to market to actually be more about providing people with help and knowledge? I think um, for me, if people are knowledgeable about what they're doing, if I can help them know what they're doing, then it's going to make our job so much more easier. So if a tenant says to us, I'm looking to break my lease, we don't have to go into the same spiel every time and it might not be the same spiel if you've got team members 
saying one thing and then another team member saying another. Mm. So it's simple. I'll send you through the fact sheet and let you know what happens with that. Um, same with landlords. You know, they might not know what to do to get their property ready to rent when they move out. Here's a fact sheet to tell you exactly what to do and, and check boxes. And as a property manager, we run so much by procedures and systems and mm. checklists and, and these sorts of things. And if we can impart that onto our the people we're working with, mm. then that's just going to make our job so much easier at Chanel, the end of the day. Chanel, mm. that's one of the things that you often talk about is getting the team singing out of the same hymn book or yeah. it's, it's mm. telling the same tune <clears> and how important that is. Mm. In your experience, Chanel, you know, getting people on the same page and or weeding out the bad eggs, so to speak, what are good strategies around that, do you think? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's what we've sort of talked about the entire way through. <clears throat> when you're hiring a team, you want to hire a team based on, on culture. So you want them to work together in an environment yeah. that they feel like they can thrive in. Yeah. And then having the right systems, procedures, policies in place, and they're trained from the beginning they step into the office, they know exactly what they need to do. And they're trained according to, you know, your guiding principles or your policies and procedures. Um, that's really what creates a good team and keeps everyone quite harmonious. Yeah. How have you grown your team, Melanie? So, you know, from sort of draw it back, you've grown from seven to 700. How did that growth happen? And how long did it sort of take to grow the business to that level? And how did you go about sort of employing people? Was it you advertised directly? You know, how did that all come about? Look, it's been it's been an interesting growth, and most of it's happened what I call accidentally. Mm. I've never had yeah. a BDM. I've never had really um, no. Like I do the BDM work okay. mostly. We do obviously have team members that do um, list properties as well, and and get you know their referrals that come in. Yeah. But mostly it's just an accident how we've wow. grown to be honest. Yeah. And it's just and that's you know it's a good accident because it's through mostly word of mouth where everybody comes to us because they hear about our service or the extra care and attention to detail that we're giving. Yep. Finding team members is difficult um, mm. for any company in property management and mm. there is a turnover. I feel like we've got a great team. We've got a lot mm. of our team that have been there for four plus years, which is terrific. And obviously some new people as always happens too. We have a Bible that we run by, so we call it the Bible. So there's um, the procedure manual for, for want of a better word. Yeah. But there's a property management one, there's a front of a house office one and a leasing one. And they're all about this thick. So, you yeah. know, there's everything that you could think of that is you could do like is <clears throat> in there. Every email that you could think you needed to write is in a template. Mm. So mm. you don't have to recreate the wheel every time you've got to do mm. the same task. And then we're all beating Who by the same Bible. Me. So if you don't do this from the start, amongst all just well, you just start it from the start. Like Does it have the New Testament and the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I do have a, I do have a um, one that's like an old one. So I yeah, guess that yeah. would be the Old Testament. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I hadn't thought of it that there way, but go. I like it. And that Bible we started, well, I started from the start. So it was just me and I knew the importance of this. Um, so were you I'm writing procedures for yourself? Absolutely. You kept no, no, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need a Bible. So I'm writing procedures knowing that my business is going to grow. Yeah. Because yeah, if you awesome. try and create that later, it's so much harder to do. So can I ask yeah. Mel, you've got this Bible in place that tells a team member exactly what needs to be done and any issue that you, they can go to this Bible. So why do you think there's still, not particularly in your business, but I think a lot of businesses have these 
policies and procedures or, or Bible, so to speak. Why do you think there's so much turnover in the property management industry? I think that actually most companies don't have it. Um, a lot of people that we interview say we don't have systems and procedures. Like COVID's a classic one, yeah, okay? Yeah. So COVID hits and there's no systems and procedures to manage it and there's no systems and procedures put in mm. place to manage it. Mm. So for six months, property managers are running by the seat of their pants. You yeah. know, I'm trying to learn how to do this. I don't know how to negotiate these rents for hardship. Yeah. I've got to do all this other stuff for property management along with trying to deal mm. with these people who are going through really hard times mm. and the stress levels up here because the property managers are going through it personally themselves mm. their partner or themselves like a lot yeah. of property yeah. managers have their wages cut yeah they're yeah. trying to work from home with all their kids at home as well and oh, gosh, it was a yeah. super stressful time and to not have anything put in place to manage that and lots of property managers i speak to didn't have anything put in place to manage it so now, how do you what manage did you do um for well, COVID? Straight away, we took the negotiations for hardship off the property managers. So if anyone said, I'm in hardship, they sent a template email out that said, sorry to hear that you're in hardship. Here's mm. a link to our hardship form. And then one of our other directors took over. So Warwick handles wow. all the finance part of our business and mm -hmm. he took over all of the negotiations for, for yeah, COVID that's hardship. That's a lot of pressure, yeah. particularly, I mean, sorry so to cut you pressure. off, Jason. No, a lot of property managers are young. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And not used to managing potentially their own finances, let alone no. somebody else's finances. No, property managers, you know, it's usually sort of 22 to 28. There is, mm. is a lot of people want to enter the industry. Yeah. And they're managing people's biggest assets. Correct. And then you get something like COVID. Yeah. And then a lot of directors were expecting these 22-year-olds to sort of handle these COVID or hardship matters. Yeah. Mm. People that were losing their jobs, losing yeah. their income. But they're also it's... managing this with really high-end business people as yeah. well. That, you know, they're, they're the trying to then... No, the tenants. Oh, the tenants, you know, yeah. you're, so you're looking after a tenant in a $3,000 a week property who's yeah. just lost their job. Yeah. You know, this is a high, you know, high net worth individual mm. that runs companies, mm. sorting it out with potentially a brand new 22 year old property manager. Yeah, wow. Mm. Never thought you of know, that isn't it? And if they're talking to somebody like that, the negotiation is going to be totally different if they're talking to someone who knows what they're doing. So what you and Warwick did is take that off the table Absolutely. from your team and say, look, That's we'll smart. do the hard yeah. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. No wonder Warwick, I saw him when I walked in, he was sort of crouched in the corner. <laughs> Rocking himself, yeah. yeah. yeah no, Normally it's <laughs> Chanel on the source a bit early, but then Warwick's just taken over because she couldn't get a drink in the poor thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pete, one of the things that you keep banging on about, and I know in the conversations that you and I have, you're big on matching the culture. There's one thing to have the systems and processes or Old and New Testament, uh, but also with the behaviours of the team members. How do you think that correlation works effectively in, in a PM business, notwithstanding that we've just gone through this challenge of COVID, which let's be honest, every business has in some shape, form or another. Oh, look, uh, culture is, is something that, you know, starts at the top and ends up at the front line. So I think we all have experienced businesses that, you know, ha lack culture when you're actually dealing with the front line. So, you know, I think if you're, you're experiencing client loss um, or uh, the satisfaction of your customers are sort of diminishing, it all starts from, you know, Melanie, really. Uh, Melanie, you know, how do you keep your culture alive and, you know, make sure that your frontline people are sort of doing what you would want to do if you had the opportunity to be with that customer? Before you answer that question, I, I just wanted to, a really important point that Pete just said there, and Pete bangs on about it all the time, is his culture starts at the top. And you just told us how you took the hard stuff off the team mm. and you gave it to your husband. Uh, and, you know, fellow director yeah. of the business, you go, well, no, but see, this is the important point. Because often businesses go, you do the hard shit, yeah. I'll do the glory stuff, yeah. right? And you go, no, 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 let me, I'll shoulder a load for the team member. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important trait that I've just picked up. And I know it's your question and 
let's be honest, I sometimes just try and shoot shit out of my mouth because <laughs> there's a void. Uh, but is that, is that evidence of the culture that you're trying to run? Yeah, look, I, I certainly am ha very hands-on in the property management team. That can backfire with you, with property managers thinking that you're um, sometimes mm. micromanaging, I suppose. Oh, yeah. But for team members who need the help, who yeah. do need, you know, that are falling behind because mm. the workload just all of a sudden they've got, you know, five prop properties vacant. Mm. Like that's a hard thing to manage in a week on top of everything yeah. else. If we can't jump in and help them as yeah. directors, um, and that's what we've chosen to do. That's certainly not what you know works for every director and every property management yeah. company, but as a property manager, that's what I've chosen to do yeah. is you know be able to get in and, and pull my sleeves up and get my hands dirty. Mm. And I love actually getting back into that because yeah. I get to speak to the clients again. Mm. Yeah. Mel, just a, on, on this topic, with with the frontline people, you know, um, I, I want to know, reversing back to when you started, if you were to be able to talk to Melanie 26 years ago, would you have told Melanie to name her business her name? Because what what comes to mind for me is that does everyone want to speak to you? Um, you know, and, and we're talking about, you know, culture and communication and your frontline people. When your business is called you, you know, has that been challenging? And would you have actually told Melanie 26 years ago not to call it Melanie? Well, yes. it was called that to start with, but we have had some name changes along the way. So um, it did become a bit too much about me. So mm. if you, you do name it a little bit more, I guess, not about you, then it is more about the team. Mm. But essentially, property management and, and getting clients into real estate in a whole is based upon the individual. Mm. It's not really based upon the business. Rex, you do this really well. So Rex is um, our lawyer at our firm, MA um, Legal. Rex is, oh, there's two principals, uh, and Rex is one of the principals. And you, you do this really well because the, the, the inherent danger, particularly with those clients, the landlords, that you, uh, sorry, the tenants that you were talking about, the people that they want the butcher, not the block. Mm. And I know that you do this really well in your business is that you know you sort of first engage with the customer and i always think that you're doing my shit uh, yeah. looking after all my legal <laughs> stuff but since i've got to know you big boy <laughs> it's just a little work. signature in the end. <laughs> <laughs> sort of moving paper around from side to side yeah how, how have you done that in your organization uh, i'm a i call myself a cleaner in my business so i clean any mess that comes up and it's very open yeah. communication mm. to all my team members they know if something goes wrong they come to me i will fix mm. it no matter what mm. and i'll always have their back no matter what, even if they've stuffed up, mm. I will make sure I don't. I never throw anyone mm. on the bus. It's mm. a team effort mm. in the end of the day. Uh, with new clients and new matters and your stuff in particular, still <laughs> 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 so just hey, it's just okay, your and, stuff. And, and my stuff too, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> your stuff, your stuff is better than his stuff. <laughs> oh, hang on a <laughs> <laughs> Some stressful <laughs> clients or prima donnas. Massage that a little bit better. So you need to be the point of contact to make sure the relationship flows better and they feel like you're involved in it. It doesn't mean you necessarily need to do the work itself. Mm. You need to make sure you mm. are oversee everything anyway. And make sure it's happening right. And make sure it's you, happening yeah. right. And uh, with, with certain clients, I'll make sure even my team will prepare the email, I will send it. Uh, yeah. uh, just yeah, to absolutely. keep that relationship. Well, you, you need yeah. to keep that touch point. And you it's do. the same, like the, the people are coming to me, um, you know, to our business and mm. I meet them first. Mm. 
and then they will be introduced to the team members that are looking after them. Mm. But I will talk to them and email mm. them from you know the mm. team preparing it for me yeah. as as required as per procedure. Um, and and so you still got an involvement with them. Yeah, and I think it's also important when you first engage the customer or the client or the landlord when you first engage and you tell them hey this is how the process works here mm. and, you know I, mm, at absolutely. our firm at the practice which is, this is what i do this is the associate director yep. this is the role of the senior manager these are our financial planning team these are our lending guys and, and make sure that you right from the start set the Educate boundary Edu yeah. Yeah. and then they're used to it that's right but i always do tell them i'm here for you whenever you need mm. you know not everybody exactly always gets it right yeah. So if I make myself available to them, I email them, you know, definitely through COVID, we did a lot of videos and um, communication out to the clients to keep mm. them up to date with where everything was at. And if um, they can hear from me and they know that they still have an open line to me, they can call me when something does go wrong or when something's not quite going how they think it should be going. Yeah. And it might just be hearing from me to say, just touch point. Um, you know, the same thing that my team's saying, but it just, you know, hearing it a second time from a different voice, can just help them, you know, get through can that. Can I next ask? Step. Sorry, Rex, you can go. Uh, my view, and I 100% agree with you, and I run my business exactly the same way. I also have the same thing internally. Mm. So my team members never fear coming to yes. me because I'll never tell anyone off. No. I'll never do anything to make them feel like they can't come to me mm. to help them. Mm. Because mm. If you, you want to help them, right? You, you don't want, want to them help to them. have this tiny problem turn into a big one. Exactly. Because and, they won't come to you. And I feel like you. if they fear coming to you, yeah. They won't come to you. And th this is a really hard thing to get into new team members. Mm. You know, why didn't you tell me you weren't coping? Why didn't you tell me your, mm. you know, your task list had got out of control? Because mm. I want to help you get through that. Mm. I don't want you to sit there at night time and stress over it. I want to mm. help do some of that if we need to, and then analyze why that's happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it doesn't happen again. At what point in your business mail, and probably as well, Rex and Jace, I get a lot of directors sort of that they want to get off the tools and oversee the business and yeah. the operations of the business. Just like you've said, you, you, you put in touch mm. points or you arrange introductions with clients and then pass it across to team members. A lot of directors I know are ready to take that step, but they can't physically walk away or they don't have the trust in place. At what point in running your business or each of your businesses did you step away from the tools and actually start overseeing just the operations of the business. Well, I think firstly, it comes back to having that procedure manual. Mm. You know, if you don't have a procedure manual, you can't expect someone to do the job you want them to do. Mm. Yeah. And you certainly can't pull them up on doing the wrong job. Yeah. And well. you can't tell them, yep. tell them for doing the wrong job because you haven't actually set out exactly how it's supposed what, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then having the right people. Mm. Right. Yeah. So would you say it was say ten years in, five years oh. in? Like how how many years in did you sort did you step away and, and start? I can't even remember. See, I don't think it's a year thing. I no. think it's a people and procedure. And thing. it's okay. an in and an out. Yeah, like it can, it you can be back in time. and you're and you, then you're back out again. Absolutely. But, and I think every time personally when someone comes new, it's a whole you gotta start again. Mm. You've got to train them again. That's you've right. got to be hands on again. Yeah, every watching time and training new, and yeah. Mm. And as you keep growing, it just you gotta pull your sleeves up yeah. and do it. Yeah. How, how, many, how, many, how many have you got in the team, Mel? Um, oh, there might be about eight, I think. Yeah. So we've got people who are um, obviously working from home a lot more now mm. than they mm. ever did. And we've got some people in the Philippines And you've got well. your doggy on the website too. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. I liked that. Yeah. It's just yeah. a little personalised type. Yeah. I also liked on your website as well when you said, 
um, let me take you out for a coffee. And it's a photo of you with a coffee rather yeah. than contact now. It was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, those yeah. personal touches yeah. I really liked. Yeah, great. And the awesome. dog on the website, that's my favorite. <laughs> we actually get, um, like when we're interviewing new people and we're like, oh, I just really like the dog on the website. Yeah. So yeah, Hank's yeah. been fantastic. You know, I, I don't know if you recall, I once actually um, had candidates or I was recruiting for your company okay. and the advertisement said, must love dogs. And right. that's how we advertise. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And then people were drawn to the, we, get, we yeah. had so oh, many applications brings their dogs in And oh, we and you know, go through way too much paper towel, I, I can remember. tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a nice point of difference. It, yeah. it, it's that personalised feel. Mm. It's yeah. lovely. Can I talk about something that's a little bit different? Acquiring a property management business, acquiring a rent roll. I know you've done it before and I know you've acquired businesses before and sold parts of rent rolls before. Can you go through that process? Because it's so different to running a rent roll when you're preparing for a sale or preparing for an mm. acquisition or buying a different rent roll. Mm. What's the procedure? How do you go about well, it hands on? You know, and these, this is where your systems and procedures really help. So if you've got, like if you're looking to sell a rent roll, for example, you need to have all of your paperwork up to date. Mm. You need to have authorities for every property. And, and you're supposed to anyway, but mm. you know, there's a lot, like, lot of companies out there that don't, mm. or the authorities don't have an assignment clause in them where you can pass it on to another company. You need to have your owner's instructions, you need to have your condition reports and your leases and your keys and like everything in place. So when you're looking to when you is like looking to sell mm -hmm. a part of your rent roll, would you start looking to prepare that beforehand? You would hope that that's already done, Rex, yeah. because really you but need all of those. I know you need all of those. Well, things. you know, in the defense of when when we go into business, really most of us are going, where's the next client? That's where's right. the next client? Yeah. Exactly. And so it's that, it's that constant trade-off with mm. you know some of the things ticking all the boxes yeah and yeah. pete and i talk about it all the time begin with the end in mind and work backwards mm. and it's my argument that every business owner should begin their business by thinking about how am i going to sell it and who am i going to mm. sell it to and mm. i know with listening to what you're saying about selling rent rolls and you know we've done transactions together for clients and with clients is the, the greater the systems and procedures are, the less it reliant is, it, is. it is upon the director, then mm. the higher the multiple is going to be. Mm. And it's mm. as simple as that. Yeah. And also, the other benefit along the way is it's an easier freaking business mm. to run mm. if the systems and processes are all there. Mm. That's right. You know? The reverse of that though, yeah. when you're buying a, f a property management business, you, you know, you, you haven't run it, so you don't know what yeah. it's like. So yeah. when you're doing your due diligence and when you're going There's through- There's a little bit of a risk involved because of that, but you can see the property's values. You can see the fees that are being asked mm. um, or that the clients are paying. So you already know what type of a business it is. Mm. So you can tell if it's a low base fee business mm. and that's what they're focused on is low base fees. And so potentially the service hasn't been there because if the fees are low, then you need um, to employ less people to run it. Mm. And so your service obviously suffers somewhat mm. when there's less people there running it. You've got mm. less income to be able to spend on, you know, the right programs and, and those sorts of things. So the first thing we do is looking at the fees. If the fees look good, the next step is to obviously, um, you know, sign your confidentialities and then go and do a due diligence in the business if you mm. want to take that next step. And that due diligence is looking at the files. Mm. You know, have they got all the paperwork up to date? Yeah. And when you're looking at paperwork, you look at the authorities, the condition reports. What, yeah. what are you looking for? We're just looking for them being there to mm. start with. You know, that the fees <laughs> match what they say that they are. Yeah. Um, That's always a plus. It's a, it's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> um, the authority has the assignment clause in it. Um, you know, if they don't have a condition report on a property, why not? 
not. Like mm. every property should have a condition report. Mm. And so if they've got those basic things not covered, yeah. what else could be wrong? But then you then can use that to negotiate. So mm. if they don't have a condition report and a lease on every property, then you might say, well, I don't want to pay that much. I'm going to pay this much. Yeah. And then you pay a little bit less knowing that you can go in and impress those clients with your awesome service. Yeah. Um, and then you're instantly turning it into a good asset. One of the things that I've seen popping up in, in, um, in your industry is having different fee rates that you charge landlords. Mm-hmm. Right, so some go in, you know, you, you, the one business could have three different fee rates based on the level of service that they provide the customer. Yeah. So this, you know, we might charge, you know, low entry five and a half, six and a half, and nine percent or whatever. Um, but my question is twofold: A, do you do that? And B, if or you don't do it, whatever. What happens when you purchase a rent roll and that business was charging a lower fee than you currently charge mm-hmm. to your to your landlords. Mm. Tell me how that yeah. works. Well, I guess the first question on do we do that? No, we don't. Um, we just want to offer the best service. Um, uh-huh. And I couldn't go, oh, Jason's calling me today and he pays a lot. Mm. Um, so I've got to give him really good service. But Rex calls me the next day and he's not paying much. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <there's a> <laughs> We've negotiated. Um, you so know, now I've got to... <laughs> I'm the cleaner. I think I'm in a fucking episode of Pop Fiction. You know what I mean? You bring the cleaner in. It's Rex. So you know, now I've got to adjust my thinking and thinking, well, Jason's just had this really good service, but now I've got to pull it back down for Rex. And that's just too hard to manage. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're thinking about charging one owner this and not another owner oh, that no. and so let me clarify my question. I've not heard of this no, let model me, before. Yeah, let me clarify my question. Some people just want the basic service. Collect the rent, yeah. uh, advertise, get a tenant in, it, and that's yeah. it. Some same people, thing. like, but, I, how do I adjust my thinking that I want to do everything for you? Yeah, no, because that's I, just my, my psyche. No, I want to do. I'm, I want to take yeah. everything off your plate to make it as stress-free yeah. a property management experience yeah. as possible. So you just offer full tote odds. You yeah. offer the, the great yeah. What I know, I've I've got clients that they just do the basic stuff, yeah. uh, and then some people, you know, will pay their bills and mm. all that sort of stuff. And I know, Pete, you're you're under this base, mate. You're yeah. waving at me. I, I don't know if that's a whole bedroom eyes thing or what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, when I was checking your website, you you also do an additional service. So sort of this sort of ties into what we're talking about now. You actually offer a renovation sort of service, and and for me, I was like, what what was the benefit of that? And you know, that's quite a unique service to offer, right? So what, what's your thinking behind that? Oh, every time an owner renovates a property, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they come come to me with um, what they think was a great renovation and have spent way too much money and taken way too long. Um, uh-huh. And so the time frame even that, that an owner renovates a property in can take such a long time because they don't have the trades, they don't have the know-how, they don't know what should go first. Mm. And so that keeps that property off the market for six months, whereas I could have done it in two months. So that's four months of income we've lost as a company to start with. That's four months of income that the owner has lost um, rental-wise. So if I can get in there, renovate a property, and we charge a project management fee for it, but if the owner does it and doesn't know what they're doing, those extra months cover my project management fee anyway. And they've got got a renovation that is really good for tenants you know do you manage this renovation or do you have an employee no i do it are you managing it yes so and she's got the contacts as well so um we we, i work with you and she manages my properties as well and obviously you don't pay too much we've just heard (laughs) 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 you negotiate the time He's a good mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, real good mate. Two freaking percent. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. Uh, Mel, the other thing that I was thinking about, does do you actually look at your current rent roll 
um, and where you could maybe renovate to actually increase rents if they were in a better condition and almost, I suppose, grow your rent roll organically through having better properties within it? Every time we do a routine inspection, if the kitchen's wooden, you know, the old 70s, 80s, yeah. sort of even longer ago wooden, yeah. then instantly a reminder will go in our system that that property needs renovating. So when the tenant gives notice to vacate, we've already spoken to the owner, hey, you should think about renovating. Mm -hmm. As soon as the tenant gives notice to vacate, I'll call the owner and say, what do you think? This is how much the spend's going to be. This is how much the return on that investment's going to be. That is awesome! Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I see a count in me, right? I got, because you know, no one does that. No, right? they because don't. Because when we look at when we go when we take property as an investment, um, we we get a bit caught up in the property itself. Mm. When in actual fact, whether it's an investment property or a share portfolio, really we're looking for growth and we're looking for yield, return on investment. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. we call it rent, you know, and that is that's. Mm. Well, if you look at like putting a, an air conditioner in, if you can get an extra ten dollars a week rent, mm. um, then you're you've all of a sudden got twenty percent return on yeah. that three thousand. Maybe I'm not a ma mathematician. I yeah, can't work that no. off the top of my head. Where well, did you get this idea from, Mel? Where how did this come? About? It's investing. Just thought, it makes sense. It's investing. Yeah. You don't go. I'm only going to get an extra ten dollars a week rent. That's going to take ages to take off my air conditioner. Mm. Pay yeah. off my air conditioner. The air conditioner costs you three thousand. Mm. You've got three thousand just sitting there, and you're going to invest it. You know, Ten dollars a week, five hundred bucks a year. Five hundred yeah. on three grand—that's a pretty decent number. Where else can you invest that sort of money? Even for doing they a full can't. renovation, you know, mm. renovating a two-bedroom well, villa or apartment—you're spending yeah. sixty, seventy thousand. <laughs> and some of the owners are getting upwards of a fifteen to twenty percent return because it had got in such a state where the rent was so low. Mm. But it's not just about that return on investment; it's about getting a better quality tenant, mm. yeah. having tenants stay longer. Like tenants move because the properties aren't in good condition. Mm. Why um, don't more real estate businesses offer this? Service? Service. Who will do it? Yeah. Like oh, no one no. in no one in a, a team can do it. A property manager yeah, can't right. do it. Yeah. They're too busy to do it. It's just it does take a lot of hands-on work to make sure it's right. It could be a new division though, like a, a renovated. Well, it is in, out. In yeah. Hours, yeah. Like there was a division within each property management business mm. or, or real estate office that had a renovation. You know, division yeah. within it rather mm. than property managers. You've got to be mindful to have the right insurances in place and the right people to do it and the right skill set. You don't mm. just yeah, want to okay. jump Go into bang, something yeah. like mm. that. you got to so, know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. they've done yeah. it with years of experience. Mm. Like, you wouldn't want to advise a but brand it, new but, property manager. But, but it's not a bad thing to think about the growth of your business. And we often talk about, we talk about strategy and where we're taking our business. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this model that Melanie's running here, this is actually not a bad model. Mm. What it does do, I know Melanie spoke about um, you know, the return to her business, but I, I can tell the type of person that she is. She's actually focused on the landlord mm. and how, to, how do I help my customer? And we've always said, and Pete says this all the time, the more you focus outwards, the more comes inwards. You know? It's just taking those pain points away. Like, who wants to mm. renovate a property? No, no one wants to do that. It is so difficult yeah. to do if mm. you don't have the right tr mm. trades, if yeah. you don't know, you know, that the floorboards need to be polished at the very end. You know, yeah. some people have gone in and polished floorboards first and then yeah. tried to do painting and everything around it and wondered why their floorboards have got damaged. And then mm. they've got to get the floorboard back again, you know. Mm. But I know you. I've been to some parties with your just your trade, so you have such a close relationship with your trades so yeah. that they're not going to let you down. No, everything's about like, a relationship. Be, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's so important. If I organise the same trades to clean my carpets, they're not going to give me the same service. As well, you Rex, your carpets need a lot of cleaning, mate. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, Chanel. You know what? We have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Well, we had a week out of Christmas, and an owner decided that he wanted to paint his three-bedroom house in Brunswick, and um, and he's like, "Yeah, get that done." 
you know? And I did, yeah. mm. because my painter's awesome. Like, yeah. I've got a couple of trades, my painter um, and my carpenter being the, the two that have been with me for 26 plus years. Mm. You know, do, they're do just great at what they the do. Apartments? Yeah, everything, anything. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, sorry, Pete, what were you about to say before Rex cut you off to bug you about parties and pop fiction and all sorts of shit? Melly, uh, I, I really wanted to ask you, you know, you, you've been in the industry for 26 years and, and, and specifically in property management. It's so much yeah. older than 26 don't, don't focus on the age, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it 12 years yeah. or whatever. She started very young. I've got a good amount of experience, that'll do. <laughs> Over that, over that period of time, and we're seeing this more and more, is that you know a lot of what you did you know, manually is being consumed by technology, right? Um, and I suppose how you bring value to your customers like this Renault service, um, is there any other sort of developments that you see in property management that will become more of what we do as a property management service rather than what is now being consumed by technology? What, what are those changes? And if you look, say, two years or five years in advance, where property management is becoming more about asset management and improving the asset, what do you think property management is going to look like in five years? Really, it's really hard to say. It has changed so much in the time that I've been in business. But I think that what we need to be really careful of is that that technology doesn't overtake it. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, real estate is personal. You know, yeah. we're dealing with people's homes yeah. that they're moving from, moving into, whether that be rental or sale. Yeah. It's the same thing, just yeah. different contracts and different prices. Yeah. Um, the relationships are still there. There's certainly people that want to not be called as much or spoken to or, or meet, but there's always going to be, you know, a, a major part of the population that wants to actually put a face to the voice, yeah. um, a face to the emails, a face to the text. They don't just want to get an email mm. that they clearly know is computer generated. Yeah. You know, a lot of people still want that relationship building yeah. and I think that's where our business has been successful because the technology is definitely there to assist us that's right. and sometimes I'm not sure that it does yeah. <laughs> you know I'm, you know it's made it so much I remember you know someone would write in to say that um, their roof's leaking and then we would write back oh, to say, you know yeah, yeah we would write back and say oh we'll get the plumber and then wow. you know we would we would fax the job sheet off the to fax. the plumber. I went allowed to when I started I wasn't allowed to ring the trades on their mobiles and we, if we did we could have to go to the boss's office to do it. So oh, right. <laughs> you know, um, so but things have become so much more instant. If we have a roof leak, if we don't get onto it today, mm. um, you know, we've got the tenant ringing us, texting mm. us, emailing mm. us, going, what's going on? Mm. Um, and the property's getting damaged, so the owner's not happy either. It's a lot more instant now mm. with the technology. But I think going forward, technology is great. You know, yeah. you need to have the programs to help you. But if if you rely just on those, you just won't. I, I look, I, I couldn't agree more. Business. I think one of the challenges though, Melanie, is uh, you know, you and I are a little bit older than um, Kmart over here, uh, and uh, but not one much. of the not much. No. <laughs> well, I am Just, anyway. Okay, settle down. But, uh, so we've got a we've got the focus on the age. Yeah. Oh, no, he loves the age. He's all about it at the moment. Yeah, well, I guess I'm getting closer to fifty. I'm starting to do that for him, right? Um, but I've got a lot of younger guys and girls in our team, and. Um, and there's this inherent danger that kids nowadays, uh, well, I've, so I've just got onto Snapchat, mm. right? Because uh, my youngest oh, son, oh, Tom, that's no, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got five friends on there. Uh, my three kids, 
right? But Tom, I can Where's text my spread my... request. <laughs> Rex, please. The cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for packing pulp fish in this place. No, but my point is this: the younger generation I've found at our work would prefer to email and mm. text clients yeah. rather than pick up the phone. And and I know that the world is changing, and I know those of us that are a bit older that didn't grow up with the internet need to adapt with the times. But I still think there's some core key principles and behaviours that existed 100 years ago and 200 years ago mm. still exist today mm. and nothing beats a phone call. Arguing that, that as well though, Jace, the younger generation, whilst they're a lot more tech savvy, I, I don't know if you agree with me mm. in, in this mail, particularly in property management, that I find frequently they lack work ethic. Mm. There's a particular mm. age yeah. demographic in real estate, this might be controversial, they lack serious work mm. ethic. They don't understand the importance that they're managing someone's biggest mm. asset. Yeah. And, and that's it's too hard. They're gone. They're gone. You're done. And it's throw a couple of thousand, they'll mm. jump jobs, they'll mm. move businesses. Mm. Where, where do you think this is coming from? Do you think it's that technology's overtaken? And look, what is it about this younger generation you think that don't have the work ethic that you had when you started a business? Mm on your lounge room floor. Look, it's so different now, I think, bringing kids up. It's hard as a parent. Um, you guys are parents. Mm. Um, you know that you're busy and your life is mm. is busy and you just mm. want to give your kids everything you didn't have. I and I think every every generation has done that. They've given the, give the kids that's something they mm. haven't had. And so I don't know what my kids are going to give their kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've Mum's red roll. I, I think I've set the bar pretty high, although, you know, not according to them. <laughs> Um, and so maybe, you know, maybe the parents, I don't know. Who I can't figure it out either. No, I, 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 no I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think who's to blame is us, mm. parents, the way we parent. Mm. You know, when we grew up, we walked to school or we walked to the bus, we yep. caught the bus to the train station, caught the train, and now... If we you, wanted money, we had to earn it. You had to earn it. I had the first <laughs> job at 13, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. But today's generation, and it's the parents to blame. Mm. Now, Melanie, we're big up... We can't Sorry. change that though. No, well, I think there's more to it than that. Well, there's definitely well, a lot. Well, now you're going to get all philosophical on your pop fiction. Well, well, the number one most desired job in, 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 in the last three years, guess what it is? Accounting. And they have, they have nah. literally <laughs> not surveyed, I think they surveyed something like, it was over a million. Okay, how many guesses do we get? You get one each. Okay. The most number, the sort, oh. most sought after career in teenagers finishing high school in the last four Male years. Male or female? I don't, I can't, I'm Doesn't not sure. That. Because if it's male, I'd, I'd assume porn star, but female could be something <laughs> Seriously, we need to work on Rex. At, you know, at the break, at the end of this episode, someone needs to counsel Rex. I need a couch, I need a peppermint tea and a joint. He needs to start the fuck down. I'm going to have a guess. A nurse. No. Damn. What, what I have is I it guess? a caring profession or is it a... Uh, I mean, it could be caring. <laughs> <laughs> Hairdresser. Mm. It's influencer. 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 Instagram influencer. That's not it's not And caring. I think, well, I mean, if you're an Instagram influencer, <laughs> it's, 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 but that's what it is. It's mm. that I think that the, the, these new jobs are coming in and people see that they can make money mm. off just mm. being an influencer yeah. online and taking the right photos. Yeah. And this is now spread through the younger generation. So they see their friend who doesn't have to go to work every day, manage a portfolio. It's given lots of things to wear and Yeah, the grass is greener and, yeah, yeah. and, and this, yeah, it's bizarre. Mm. But I don't know why I threw that fun fact in there. No, I, I love a fun I just fact. had to share no, it. Yeah. You know what yeah. it was? It was a good segue into our resident influencer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, influencer boy. <laughs> guys, hey guys, I, I just want to add to this whole sort of why there's so much churn in property management. What our stats tell us is actually when we interview staff, it's, it's a lot about them not having a career path. And when you get more experience in property management, it seems that you're loaded with more work rather than actually 
scaling up in the industry. So I think that's something that, you know, as an industry, we should actually take into account is that people need a career path and they need to know where they're going to end up in their career, not just actually get more work because you're actually more experienced. Yeah, I think the companies that are offering versatility, you know, you can start here as a property manager or start here as a receptionist even. I started as a receptionist. Mm. Um, best place to start because you get to learn absolutely everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then you become a little bit indispensable mm. because you can do absolutely yeah. everything, but then you have to do absolutely everything, mm. um, as I find out as a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you then offer them other paths. So you don't just start as a receptionist. You then end up as an assistant. It could be an assistant mm. to the sales. It could be an assistant to property manager. Mm. I don't like this mm. property manager gig, I'm going to go into sales, or mm. they've got a marketing team, I'm going to go into marketing, or I've mm. got a renovation team, I want to go into doing, yeah. you know, decoration. I like or, this you know, renovation sort of team. I'm really, nice to have this diversity. really excited by I, this. I thing. can see you with a tool belt on, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chef's actually about to film a, uh, another um, a trailer for our, our second company called Wolf, and um, we are actually wearing high-vis vests ah. and tool belts. Yeah. So I do. You're yeah. on the right track I have there. a pink hard hat and a high-vis in my boot, just in oh, case. So. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. The wardrobe and the outfits Rex has got in the front row. <laughs> hey, listen, Jeff's talking to me in the, in the mysterious uh, uh, earpiece here saying, Jason, we need to wrap up. And before, before we do, Melanie, I just firstly want to say one thank you. You're outstanding. Oh, it's and been you, a lot of fun. You've been so generous with what you've uh, given us. But before we go, we've got this little thing called Pete's Cheat Sheet. And some people would say it's nothing short of life-changing <laughs> advice. Over to you, big boy. Uh-oh. Thanks heaps, Jace. So for this episode, we've actually done an infographic up for you that can be downloaded off realestaterenovators.com.au. It's an infographic that details the four attributes that will increase the asset value of your rent roll. We really hope you find this helpful. Over to you, Jace. Man, awesome. that is awesome. Well done. All right. Well, that's another episode nice and wrapped up. Chanel's going to go on to her 15th. Mimosa or samosa? I've got to get this right soon. What is it? What is it called, though? It's a fucking mimosa. <laughs> Hang on, yes. let me get this right. It's from the words of Kama. It's a fucking mimosa. <laughs> I thought it was a samosa. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and see you next time.